0: One night in September 2005 I was driving home from work. Around 11 p.m. I was a waitress at a golf course in a fairly rural area of Michigan. Thus the shortest distance between work and home was all back roads. As I turned onto the road that I lived on, I saw what I thought was a bear. It was digging through the trash that had been set out in front of a house with a long driveway. It was most likely the length of the driveway that had caused the owner to set up a yard light which was directly above the bear. I was initially excited, I had grown up in the area and people often swore they were bear, but I had never gotten to see one. Plus, it just so happened to be under the only light on that road. As my car slowed to a stop, I realized immediately it wasn't a bear. I wasn't afraid yet, but it was shaped all round to be a bear. Plus, the fur was short and shiny, like a horse's or a doberman's. As the car rolled to a stop, I had already seen enough to know it wasn't a bear, or a canine, or even a cat or a deer, it was shaped all wrong. It was hugely muscled, as it dug, I could see the muscles moving in its strangely humanoid shoulders. I am very confused by now, but I am still expecting to have a lightbulb realization. It was huge, the shoulders very human and strong, but it hasn't looked up yet so I just kept staring figuring my eyes were playing tricks on me. I had been at a full stop for less than 10 seconds surely before it finally looked up and it was like time stopped. This is the part of the story I hate to tell for two reasons. One, even after all this time, I still get goosebumps when I think about it. And two, I know it sounds crazy. The face was hideous, blood chilling, terror inducing. It wasn't flat like a man's, but not long like a dog's either. It had some sort of an elongated face, and a flattened pushed-up nose and eyes that glowed red with what I swear was their own light, not reflected light. The only light source was my headlights which were pointed at the road and the yard light above it, and the glow wasn't your standard animal eye shine; it was like the color of a hot electric burner. The mouth was by far the worst of it, it was massive, think anglerfish style, only the teeth were larger, broader and weirdly shiny, almost metal looking, I just stared at it, forcing myself to keep looking, knowing any moment I would realize it was a mask or a trick of the light. Then it started to stand, bipedal like a man, it opened that terrifying mouth, in what was clearly an act of aggression and I floored it. My car fishtailed, and I had a moment of terror as I realized if I went in the ditch it would be just me and the werewolf, thankfully I got it under control and didn't look back. Werewolf was what my brain was screaming. But I'm not sure. Michigan is dogman country, but no one has ever described him as having a pushed-in nose and a mouth like an angler fish full of shiny teeth. When I got home, a lousy two miles away, I drove my car directly up to my porch steps and bolted inside. Thankfully, I have since left the state and have never seen anything like it again. This is a really odd story of how I came to see a literal dogman last night at around midnight. I live in a neighborhood by the way near Newport, Oregon, but we are on the edge of a large forest behind our house, so not completely rural. Funny part of the story, so I set a live trap for a mouse last night catch and release, I can't stand to harm mice. It triggered at midnight and the loud pop of the door woke me up. I decided I didn't want to just leave it in the cage all night long waiting for morning. I could hear him trying to chew through the wires and didn't want him to torture himself or get hurt attempting to get out. So I decided I'd just take him outside immediately. Instead of releasing mice in the yard by my house, I always go about 3 miles away into a forested area and not cruel enough to just release him by someone else's house, thus causing them a mouse problem, irrelevant info, I know, anyway. Before I even got in my car to transport the little mouse my stomach began hurting like never before. It was a horrible, foreboding feeling that was almost telling me something terrible was about to happen. There was no reason for my stomach to just suddenly start screaming in pain. I essentially never have stomach problems like this. It's exceedingly rare, I just don't get stomach aches. But this was painful on a scale that was so strange. I kept getting this deep sense of something being wrong. I got into the car with the little cage, going down the street it was literally only one block away from my home that I instantly slowed on the brakes because of something enormous at the side of the road. At first I thought that it was the tallest dog I've ever seen, its silhouette was blacker than the night. As I slowed my car from maybe 20 mph to 10 mph, it suddenly came out into the street light and walked across the street in front of my car wasn't running, but it wasn't going slow either. I suddenly realized it was no ordinary dog, but I knew it wasn't a bear either because it didn't have much of a belly. This was three to four times the size of a wolf and so I can confirm it was not a wolf. What I saw looked like a humanoid literally hunched over on all fours back erect in a hunch, moving with pace across the road. The head was distinctly wolf-like and enormous. It literally looked like a giant wolf head. The being had jet black fur, as black as hair can get. The legs were lanky. My brain literally froze. Instantly, I began rationalizing. But it was fairly impossible to rationalize what I had just seen. The closest thing I can compare this to would be the werewolf from Harry Potter that Professor Lupin turns into. All I can think of is, how did they know? That's nearly identical to what this thing looks like as it's hunched over and walking on all fours. It's horrifying. It was literally quite accurate to looking like that exact CGI rendering. On all fours, its backside probably about 4 feet in height, the head higher, easily reaching 5 feet. Again, there was no way this was a bear or other regular beast we're familiar with as humans. There was nothing familiar about it. To anyone who might say maybe it was just a really large dog that was sick and hunched, definitely not. It was bigger than the largest dog breeds I've ever seen. To be over four feet in height at the back, not the head while hunched over, that's definitely not a regular dog. Impossible to be a bear as none are this skinny. The humanoid aspect of it could not be denied. You could tell that if it wanted to it could have easily stood up on two legs. What's more insane is that I could feel its energy. The energy was dark, oppressive, and really just a sense of danger swept over me. It had a very otherworldly energy about it. I slowly continued driving and quickly stared over to the left side of the road as I was passing to see where it had gone. I was able to see its silhouette by a bush, looking back at me, watching me pass. I didn't want to stop, I was scared. I went on with my mission to release the mouse. But I can tell you this, when I got home I ran into my garage and shut the garage door as quickly as possible. I was panicked and truly terrified. When you know what you saw, you know what you saw, they always say. I also know my mind didn't just fill in blanks or hallucinate this. Last night, I looked up accounts of dogmen, only to find people's descriptions. Drawings were fairly identical to what I had witnessed. What are the odds of that? Now I am convinced it is real. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd see something like this. It is said that back in the mid, Late 1,800 seconds a rancher moved onto a plot of land near what is now converse, Texas. This man had a son who was something of a disappointment to him. The lad was frail, bookish, and preferred studying to wrangling and hunting. This frustrated the old rancher to no end and he decided to make a man out of the boy. To this end, the rancher decided to send his son out hunting. He hoped that the boy would take a liking to the sport and after making his first kill would prefer the more manly activity of hunting to that of reading and studying all day. The old man put a long gun in the boy's hands and instructed him to go out and shoot a deer. The family needed meat after all. He directed the boy to hunt a heavily wooded area along a creek called Skull Crossing. The boy was reluctant at first and resisted but, one way or the other, was finally coerced into going. The old ranger watched with high hopes as his son walked away from the homestead toward the woods. The old man would soon be disappointed, however, as his son returned a few hours later empty-handed. When chastised for returning without any game the boy told his father that he left the area out of fear as he had spotted, and been stalked by a monster resembling a werewolf. The father immediately dismissed this wild story and cajoled his son into returning to the area to finish his hunt. The boy did not want to go but his father left him no choice. Trembling and fearful, the boy trudged back up to the ominously named area of Skull Crossing. Little did the old rancher know it would be the last time he would see his son alive. Hours passed and darkness began to fall. The old man, the story goes, began to worry and have second thoughts about sending his inexperienced son out into the woods alone. While he hoped the reason the boy had not returned was because he had yet to make a kill, he began to have a sinking feeling deep in his gut that something was wrong. Deciding not to wait any longer, the rancher rounded up some neighbors and they made their way toward the wooded area near Skull Crossing in search of the boy. What they found upon arriving there is the stuff of nightmares. The search party happened upon a monstrous, hirsute creature hunched over the body of the rancher's son. The beast was in the act of ravenously devouring the boy when discovered. The man got off a few shots at the monster but it bounded away at lightning speed. The werewolf, as it was dubbed, was described as standing between 8 to 9 feet tall and covered in dark hair or fur. Members of the search party described it as being some kind of unholy combination between a wolf and a man. The old rancher was, understandably, devastated by the death of his boy. He blamed himself for not believing his son's story and believed he sent him to his doom by forcing him to return to Skull Crossing to complete his hunt. The versions of the tale I heard say that the rancher died shortly thereafter. Some versions say he became reclusive, refused to eat, and wasted away. Others say that he committed suicide by setting fire to his own home and burning up. Either way. It was a sad end all the way around. This occurred in 1977, in the Madara community of Clearfield County, Pennsylvania. I was a young teen at the time. We lived in a house in the heavily forested hills above Madara. There were very few residences in our neighbourhood. The location was incredibly isolated. My grandfather would frequently go on patrols with the local officer who worked for the game commission.
1: to find out if it's right for you.
0: I bring this up because of his reaction when we had our encounter, which is the reason why I am bringing this out. He was a large man, and it took a lot to shake his confidence. When Grandpa would walk outdoors at night with nothing but a pitchfork to frighten away a bear, we would often just shake our heads at him. He was familiar with the local wildlife, understood what their routines were, could predict weather, and so on. On one particular evening, we were awakened by a loud ruckus that took place close to our front porch. We had outdoor cats who liked to hang out on the porch, and if a raccoon or other animal came near the front of the house, they would run away. The noise they made as they dispersed was rather loud, which is why we were awakened by it. I can still hear my grandpa giving one of his signature irritated sighs because he was forced to get up and check out what was going on outside we were all listening closely for the sound of the door being closed. Instead, we heard our grandpa let out a loud roar. This sent every one of us scurrying for the stairs. He was keeping his distance from the entrance while holding the rifle in his hand, and the expression on his face might best be described as fearful. As I have already said, nothing seemed to frighten grandpa so the sight of that expression on his face caused all of us to stand there feeling unsure. This monster, which was outside on a porch, was gazing straight back at us, displayed absolutely no fear at all. In fact, I recall having the thought that it was furious. But upon closer inspection, it merely seemed cruel. It was definitely not a dog, but rather a canine of some kind. It had the appearance of a hyena from the front shoulders all the way up to the head. But the rear end was much smaller than the front shoulders and the head. I don't think I ever noticed there was a tail there. The fur had an unusual appearance that was patchy and shaggy all throughout. It simply didn't look like fur. It is difficult to describe. The nose was neither very long or very narrow. Rather, it was short but somewhat large. The whole of the body was enormous. It was nearly as wide as our porch from the rear of its head to the front of its body. Taking this into account It would be at least seven feet long. It stood there staring in at us, then turned and looked towards our barn, then back at us again. After that, it went a few steps very slowly, before turning and running away. It happened so quickly that all I could see was a smear of color, and then it was gone. We all stood there for a moment before our mother asked our father what was going on, at which point our father shouted for all of us to hurry up and go upstairs. He did not even bother to go outside to check on the animals, since he remained awake the whole night. Strangely enough, we never brought it up in conversation. After that, nobody ever mentioned it again. It was a really special place to live, and I was fortunate enough to spend the most of my life there. But I was relieved to leave the area when I became older, since many of the occurrences that took place there were puzzling to me and could not be explained. In 1969, I was nine years old and lived about half a mile down the road from an old church and cemetery. There were two other old houses there. No one lived in. There were strange things happening quite often around where we lived back then. I remember one of the strange things that happened very well. My dad worked evenings from 3 p.m. until 11 p.m just three miles down the road from our house. My mom, sister and I had just gone to bed when we started to hear a bumping sound on the back of the house. My sister and I ran from the bedroom we shared in the back of the house to the front of the house where mom and dad's bedroom was. My sister and I were scared, so mom let us sleep with her until dad came home at 11 that night. Their bedroom had two windows side by side on the front of the house above the porch You could see through the curtains at night due to the street light out front. We were lying there after not hearing any more noise when all of a sudden we heard something on the front porch. Mom saw it first and sat up in bed. That made my sister and I notice her staring out the window. When we turned our gaze from mom to the window we saw what looked like a very large dog on the front porch. It was walking to the front door upright. On its back legs when it reached the front door it shook it violently it was as tall as the door and we could see it scratching at the screen door with its front paws it remained there for what seemed like 15 minutes but it was probably only a minute or two mom didn't say a word for the first minute or two she just shushed us until it turned and walked about 10 feet to the steps on its back legs just before it reached the steps and went down them It went down on all four legs. Mom told us to go back to sleep and we eventually did. I don't remember her telling my dad, but I do remember this well. It was six to six half a foot tall, while standing upright, on its back legs. You could see all of its facial features, its ears, snout and its head. Those features made it resemble a German Shepherd. We hadn't seen anything that looked or acted like that thing in the area before that night. A lot of strange things happened there. I can't say it was a dogman, but it did walk on its back legs for several feet. Another time, when I was young, my sister, who I shared the back bedroom with at the time, was at our grandma's house, spending the night. I had gone to bed but wasn't asleep yet. Mom had my bedroom window open, so air could get in. It was hot that night. The back of our house was high off the ground. Consequently, the bottom of my bedroom window was 8 feet off the ground. I had been lying there, on my back, when I rolled over onto my stomach, toward the window. My foot went off the bed on the window side and wound up being only a few inches from the window. All of a sudden, something touched my foot. I don't remember if it grabbed my foot or what, but the screen ripped, the curtain fell, and I scrambled off the bed and out of my bedroom, into the living room, where mom was. She had heard the commotion and saw that I was frightened. She asked me what was wrong, so I told her what had happened. She went into my bedroom and saw the hole in the screen and that the curtain was down. She also saw how it was hanging halfway out the window. She didn't know what to think, so she called dad home from work. He came home to check it out and walked around the house before coming in. He said he hadn't seen anything. At first, he didn't believe mom. It wasn't until he saw that the curtain was hanging out the window that he believed her. He couldn't figure it out. We didn't have any problems with prowlers. At first, they thought I had stuck my foot through the screen. I don't think that's what happened because I wasn't sleeping yet. I just couldn't have done that. My encounter took place many years ago. I never had the faintest explanation for it until a couple months ago when I randomly stumbled across Dogman on the internet. I was in my early 20 seconds, working swing shifts at the time and commuting about 100 miles each way, so it was usually around 2 in the morning by the time I got home. I saw the monster as I called it on the northernmost section of Trunk Road in the Matanaska Valley in Alaska. This area is almost smack in between the towns of Palmer and Wasilla. I was only about 10 miles from home at that point so it must have been around 2 a.m. Trunk Road is a narrow, two-lane road consisting of nothing but twists and turns. The surrounding terrain is somewhat swampy and thick with black spruce. It was late October, days before Halloween. There was no snow on the ground, but it was cold enough to be wary of ice. I was driving an 82 Subaru SW, going about 20 mph around a curve, when my headlights caught a large, dark figure up ahead. I'm bad at judging distance, maybe six car lengths away. I instinctively let off the gas, coasting closer. At first, I assumed it was a moose, as the area is infested with them. But no, it was standing upright. There, then, no, not a bear. It looked so strange. Tall enough to be an uncommonly large bear, but far too slender. And it looked like it had spikes running down its neck and back. A Halloween prod. It was an odd, but effective place for one. All those thoughts ran through my head in a fraction of a second. The car was still coasting closer and I could see more details. It was standing in profile, gazing across the road. I could clearly see its wolfish muzzle, large, upright ears. The spikes on its back were in fact clumps of fur. Its spine curved in a smooth, very natural-looking way was standing in a ditch, inches from the pavement. Because I was focused on its upper body, I do not recall anything about its back legs or if it had a tail. I did see its front legs, though very doggy looking, hanging awkwardly down and slightly toward its front, exactly as you'd expect if a dog stood upright. While it clearly had a canine look, there was still something off about it that I cannot articulate. It was perfectly still, and at this point, given the proximity to Halloween, I was quite convinced it was some sort of Halloween prop because it was clearly not any kind of existing animal. I was deeply impressed and gently stepped on the brakes, intending to stop and examine it closely. Then it turned its head towards me. In the tiny fraction of a second that it took for it to swivel its head, I knew I had made a terrible mistake. The fluidness of its movement removed any and all no doubt that this was some kind of prop. It was horribly, terrifyingly alive. The pale, off-white glow of its eyeshine in the headlights destroyed any possibility of a human in a costume. I think I sat there gaping at it in shock for a few seconds. The car barely moving by now, but still inching closer. As I was almost upon it, I think it could have leaned forward and touched the car if it had wanted. I had to look up to see its face. Again I'm a bad judge of such things but I am 54 inches and it was a hell of a lot taller than me. Tall like a polar bear standing, 7 feet, 8, I really can't say. I snapped out of my trance and slammed on the gas. The car fishtailed and I prepared myself for death by monster, as I was certain I'd end up in the ditch. But the tires caught the pavement and I drove like a complete maniac all the way home. I did not look back. I have only been on that section of road a few times since, never alone and never in the dark. For the next several years of driving that commute, I went 20 plus miles out of the way to avoid trunk road. The thing never made any aggressive moves, but there was something about it that felt very I don't know, predatory. I never saw anything remotely like it again and never heard any stories about it in the area. I was walking down wine road right outside of Osila, Alaska. It was just starting to get dark and I decided to cut across the old runway at the end of vine and parks, when I felt like someone or something was following me. I kept looking back behind me, when all of a sudden something ran behind me and then stood there looking at me and then ran off. So I started walking again, then it ran up to me and touched my back and then ran away, and that's when I saw this fur-covered creature that was human, a dog-like humanoid. So I ran like hell. And when I got to my buddy's house where I explained what happened, then he tells me I have a foot handprint on my back. I was 17 years old at the time. My dad and mom had taken my little brother and sister to Tucson to do something for the day. We lived in a trailer in a rural area outside of Sierra Vista. We had two horses, two dogs, a cow and chickens on a small amount of land we owned. As the oldest son, it was my job to feed and take care of them. On the night in question, it was a stormy monsoon rained, with thunder and lightning going on. But, like monsoons can be, they rage and then settle into a lull and rage again. I was getting ready to settle down and watch a good movie, when all of a sudden, my two dogs started barking and wouldn't shut up when I told them to calm down. In the previous week or so, before that, my dogs had been acting up and barking a lot at night. I attributed this to coyotes that I heard howling in the night. So I got my dad's 30 minutes 30 and just one bullet, in case I had to shoot to scare off a coyote or kill it, if rabid. I rested the loaded rifle near the wall, by the back door and turned on the flood lights outside the trailer. The rain had just stopped, so I looked out by the window near the front door and saw our two horses and cows staring. As if through the front door to the back door of the trailer, where the dogs were barking. I thought maybe they're scared of the coyotes, so I grabbed the rifle and opened up the back door. As I was getting near the back door, I heard my dogs whimpering and crying. Now I was thinking, is it a pack of coyotes? So I put a few bullets in my pocket, figuring I could load them if I didn't like what I saw. I opened the door, and the darndest thing happened. My two dogs. Dogs bee line rushed past me to the center of the trailer and hunkered down in the kitchen. Mud was everywhere on the floor from their paws, and I was pissed because I knew I had to clean it up. So I closed the door and went to try to get my dogs to get out. But they wouldn't budge and squirmed out of my arms when I tried to grab them. They were terrified. Now I was mad at the coyotes and grabbed the rifle to go run them off or kill them. The trailer sits on a foundation of blocks. The front and back doors are accessible by a set of small stairs. I'm 56 inches by the way. I opened the back door and was looking out into the darkness. At that point, I was about to step out when I saw a set of eyes looking back at me out of the darkness. From the top of my head in the trailer to the ground is around 7 plus feet or so and here is a set of eyes looking at me level and square on. I was like dot 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 darn coyote must be on a small gravel hill we used to pave the road or it's a bird on a mesquite bush. But I was thinking to myself, that monsoon was awfully bad and rained hard. What kind of bird would hunker down on a mesquite bush and why would a coyote be out in a downpour? So, I raised my rifle and drew a bead on the ice, when lightning lit up the night. All of a sudden, the lightning illuminated the small gravel hill that's like six feet high and the surrounding mesquite bushes. The light rings out as fast as it appeared, from the lightning, though. There was nothing on the gravel hill and no bird on any of the mesquite bushes. Then, it dawned on me. Whatever it was, it was very tall and was still staring at me. A sense of dread crept over me all of a sudden, as I realized that the 30 minutes 30 only had one measly bullet, and if I missed, there was no way I'd be able to reload before it was on me. I kept the gun pointed at it, as I quickly closed the door. I locked the door, realizing this trailer would never withstand whatever it was that was out there if it attacked. I locked the front door and turned on all of the lights in the house. I grabbed all the bullets, the 30 minutes 6 and 22 rifle and then went into the kitchen, with the dogs. I then loaded each rifle, full on. I hugged my dogs and prayed that whatever it was would go away and not attack. I stayed awake that whole night until my parents got back. My dad was furious that all the lights were on. My dad checked outside for coyotes, but whatever it was, was gone. The show reminded me of this. While scanning the valley floor for sheep a mile from my house, I noticed two loping figures. Initially, I thought the figures were coyotes or stray dogs, but as the two figures neared an old sunken vehicle. I realized that the things were about the size of the vehicle, nearly eight feet long, no animal could be that big on a rest. I watched the two figures until they disappeared into the woods, across the valley. It was starting to get dark, but the moon was bright enough, so I walked without a light. As I walked down the mountain, I heard something yelling. It was like a howl or a yell. I started to hurry, then, when I got to my house, I locked the door and spent the night listening to the strangest sounds. I'm sure, it was a skinwalker, but I found this sight and was surprised. In October 1972, my husband, our two babies, my brother, and I left Leavenworth, Kansas in our 1968 Volkswagen van, on a camping trip to a recreational area in Arkansas called Beaver Lake. When we finally got there, we found a fairly remote campsite at the far end of the park. We wanted to be alone as the babies woke often during the night and needed to feed. We didn't want to disturb any other campers. Shortly after pulling into our campsite, my brother pitched his tent next to the van. The rest of us were going to sleep in the van. The campsite was in an area with a horseshoe shaped, rocky, terraced ledge, that rose from around 50 feet to around 100 feet as it curved around, behind the four campsites. Because of mature trees and thick brush, daylight had trouble poking into our spot. Fast forward to that night, sometime around 3.30 am, I heard some animal sounds on the ridge that I would were made by coyotes. The babies were asleep and all was quiet otherwise. I peered out the window, but couldn't see what was making the sounds, because it was so dark. Still hearing odd yips and howls, I laid back down on the back seat. Moments later, there was a huge, crashing, bang on the van wall, right next to my head. My husband leaped up, out of a full sleep. My brother bolted out of his tent and jumped into the van with us. We were all in a panic, looking in every direction, trying to see what had hit the van like that. My brother finally yelled that he saw something moving behind the van. We all turned, just in time to see a large shadow moving about 20 feet behind the van, from left to right. After about 20 minutes had passed without any of us seeing movement out there, my husband and brother went out to inspect the van for damage, but found none. We then started hearing pounding steps, coming from the brush, about 50 feet behind us. The guys eased back into the front seat of the van, that's when my husband turned on the headlights and stepped on the brake pedal for rear light. Instantly, there was a huge commotion. He started the engine and that's when, in a glow from the headlights, we could see a hairy thing, ten feet away and coming toward the van. As it got closer, its silver-tipped hairs glistened in a light. It had a greyish streak from its shoulders down its back, to its buttocks. The creature was walking on two legs, was around seven or eight feet tall, had a barrel chest, and skinny legs. It never gave us a good view of its eyes, so I can't tell you what they looked like. I could see that the face was not ape-like. It was dog-like. Its ears had tufts of fur on top of them and it was very human-like in its movements and general body structure. It moved smoothly and quickly around to the back of the van where it followed the base of the reach away from us. That's when it let out a menacing huff and a low, rumbling growl, like a dog. Insanely, my husband and brother bolted from the van, trying to get a better look. That's when a shower of gravel came at us. My husband and brother tore back into the van and burned up the road getting us out of there. I kept looking out the back window and I looked in the rearview mirrors but none of us ever saw it again. It just didn't seem like a Sasquatch was what we had seen. It seemed too dog-like in its face and was too slim in its body. I still have PTSD, like feelings to this day, due to that encounter. The encounter I'd like to share is not my own, but that of my mother. She used to tell me stories when I was young about strange things she had experienced in her life. I remember this dogman type of encounter while listening to your show on YouTube. There's not particularly a lot of detail to this encounter, but what you may find interesting is the location. The sighting took place in Sacramento, California, around 1953, not too far from our state's capital. Using Google maps to get an approximate location and lay of the land, I can see the sighting area was about 1000 feet to the west of and perpendicular to the American river across the river from the east bank. It's only about another 2,000 feet east to the state capital. So this took place fairly close to a heavily populated area. My mother states when she was about 12 years old, she was laying on a couch, watching television. That's when she noticed a scary dog face looking at her through a low pane window. The window was either on or by the door. I'm unclear on this fact. In any event, the head. She said must have been about two to two half a foot above the ground. She covered her face in fright with her pillow. After a minute or so, she snuck a peek, figuring she must be imaging things. She saw it was gone and felt a little better. Then, she noticed it was now looking through another higher window. Its head was now about four to four half a foot above the ground. According to her recollection, there was nothing outside that window for a dove to stand on. At that point, she just ran to another room in terror. She doesn't really recall what happened after that. She describes the animal as being dark grey, with glowing red eyes, seemingly panting or baring its teeth. She didn't see the body but had the impression that it was thin. Unfortunately, she doesn't recall the time of day, month or season. My parents tell me there's likely some American Indian burial grounds in the area, as there had been excavations near the river, which yielded Native American arrowheads and other artifacts. I know it's been mentioned in some of the encounters you've presented. A proximity to rivers and Native American burial grounds. I even asked my mother if there were corn fields around the area since that too has been mentioned in the encounters. She said only the small patch of corn stalks in their own backyard. I don't think that qualifies. The area around my grandparents' house was not really wooded. The neighborhood was mostly large fields with a few horses and some cattle. The areas around the river are wooded now, though, and was probably a lot more so in 1953 than it is today. Another paranormal story about this area is that on Monster Quest episode detailing the Mothman, someone supposedly was taking dusk or night shot pictures of the Tower Bridge in 2009 and saw a flying humanoid shape or something fly off of the bridge. The Tower Bridge is in the 1,000 feet range from my grandparents' house. Spooky. On August 27, 2016, my 10-year-old grandson was sitting in a car, at a restaurant parking lot, waiting for his paternal grandmother. Crossed the street from him, on a sidewalk, he noticed a large creature, which I determined to be 7 to 8 feet tall, from talking with him. It was walking on two legs towards a wooded area at the end of a sidewalk and disappeared into some brush. The creature did not appear concerned about my grandson, as it was in no hurry. When I asked him about what he had seen, he described a classic canine type dogman, with red eyes. His distance from creature was approximately 30 feet. Dali city is semi-rural, with many pockets of woodlands and some tracts of forest. The area where he saw the creature has paved roads and sidewalks, ringed with areas of trees. Well, I am 24 years old, male and live in the middle of nowhere, literally. I will be short and simple about my encounter. I was getting home late one day, after dropping my sister off at the airport in Lamar, Colorado. I live just under 7 miles north of the Oklahoma border, on 250 acres of land. I have a trap line running around my property for coyotes. The first two traps I checked were empty, so I headed south. That's when I saw this thing. At first, I thought it was a coyote, a big coyote. It was almost five feet tall, on all fours. It was caught in my trap and was running around, making a dust cloud. And then it stopped and looked at me. Now, I use a duke no, three leg hole trap, so I can catch a variety of things in it. Anyways, I slammed on the brakes and my truck stalled, because it's a manual. I was fumbling for the keys to start it. It's an old farm truck, with a carburetor on it and it had quite enough to fire. Once it heard that, it lunged at me and roared. I saw that it had its hand not paw but a hand caught in my trap right hand to be exact. It had probably been looking for the dead rabbit I had in a bait hole next to the trap. It then stood up and ripped the two earth anchors I had, 24 inches in the ground, right out. It took me a long time to put them in with a 10 pound hammer, but it pulled them straight out, within 15 seconds. After it did that, it just stood there, looking at me. It felt like an eternity and I knew my .357 would do nothing to stop this thing if it came at me. I prayed to God that it wouldn't come for me, in my truck. I was looking at it in shock and awe and noticed that it had orange eyes. They weren't glowing. Instead, they had a tint, like a cat's eyes in the dark. They may have been reflecting my headlights. I can't be sure. It then took a step towards me curled up its upper lip, showing me its teeth. They were huge. The longest two had to have been four to five inches long. It then growled at me and then it was gone in a blink of an eye. I was scared crapless then. Like I said earlier, it seemed like an eternity, but it must have lasted no more than 30 seconds at the max. I later returned with an Indian friend of mine. He is part arapaho. I grew up with him and trusted him. He told me some stories that were passed down through his grandparents' tribe and mentioned something about a loup garu or French werewolf. He also told me how fur trappers, in a late 1 to 1,800 seconds, were chased off the land in the Rockies from this thing. After some research online, I found your channel and here I am now. I really am glad you have made this channel for people who have encountered these things. I used to work till about 10 minutes 11 at night, but I sleep with the lights on now. It sounds silly for a 24 year old to be doing that, but to be honest to God, I'm still frightened by this thing. I haven't bothered going out looking for my lost trap because I bet the thing has torn it apart by now. I am from North Port, Florida. We have a 12 mile reserve called Carlton Reserve. I was out there messing around with some friends. They went off ahead of me to go mudding. I was at a tree line taking a leak in a marshy field in front of me. I noticed a figure in the field. He was very coyote-like. He was tannish gray in color and very lanky and tall. He was crouched over eating a boar. I got the bright idea to yell so I did. As I did, his ears perked up and I realized what I was looking at. He must not have seen me because he looked around for a little and continued to eat. The whole encounter lasted about 5 minutes. I'm not sure what I saw but it was something I have never seen before and I've been living here for 16 years my whole life. Okay, I'm sharing this story in hopes of someone else having another one. And I then will have this one out in the open. I was traveling highway 10. From the west coast to the south coast of florida i was with my six kids and pulling a trailer with all of my belongings and three dogs in it i was in a big suv and it was around 2 am the kids were all asleep and my 13 year old daughter was in the passenger seat to make sure i stayed awake so after traveling highway 10 for three days i had decided since we reached florida we would cut through the state to save some time so, we got off highway 10 on an off road, in hopes of getting gas and making up some time. It was a long Route 27 Appalachian National Forest. We came to the first little gas station. It was closed. I was nervous because we needed gas. So, we continued on. I told my daughter to keep an eye out for deer crossing the 2 lane, deserted highway, because hitting a deer could kill us all and turn us over, due to the trailer we were pulling. We were traveling around 45 miles per hour. I remember this so clearly like it was yesterday. But it was three years ago. We had our brights on because the road was dark and winding. A few houses were on that highway, but not many. As we came around a corner, in the headlights, on the road, there was a lot of blood, fresh blood. And on the side of the road was this six or seven feet tall creature. It was on its hind legs, hunched over a dead deer, eating it. It did not look up. Not even when my headlights hit it. It was using its arms like a human, eating the deer. It had a very muscular body, pointed ears, and a long muzzle. If you ever saw a werewolf, this was it. It had a skinnier lower body but used its arms and hands just like a human. If it looked up, I would have died. I looked over at my daughter. We were both seeing the same thing at the same time. Tears came to my eyes instantly, and at the same time, we both said, Werewolf. I sped up, because I was scared it would run and jump on a trailer and kill my dogs. As we got about a mile away, my heart was beating so hard. My daughter and I were so freaked out. It was a werewolf. I have never been a believer in werewolves. I don't watch any werewolf movies or have any reason to make this up. And as a matter of fact, until today, I have only told a handful of people about this. There is a werewolf in Florida. Not sure of the exact town or road, but I wish I did know so I could find out if we were the only ones to have seen this thing. I will live my life wondering. It was between Alabama to Florida, along the Panhandle. I will never forget this night ever. Okay, so I'm just gonna start off by saying that this isn't my personal encounter. It happened to my mother and uncle when they were children. I know that the three encounters that were shared with me, in rich detail, have all been in the years that ended with a 7. That, in no way, is referencing the song by Steve Cook. The encounter I'm about to tell you about happened in Lakeland, Florida, in 1977. My mom was 6 and my uncle was a few years younger than her. My grandparents were passing through and a friend of theirs let them spend the night in a vacant house that their friends owned. I'm guessing this was in the spring or summer because the windows were wide open with bug screens on the windows. My grandmother was out in the front of the house, taking care of my youngest uncle, who was still a baby. My grandfather was reportedly using the bathroom at the time. My mom and uncle were in a back room, playing. She said the window that was in the room was very high. Imagine the windows that would be in a basement, except this was an upper floor window. If you were outside, the window would be about 10 to 12 feet off the ground. So the window was pretty high. My mom said that as she and my uncle were playing, a huge hairy paw with long claws reached up to the window and grabbed the screen. It then dragged its claws down diagonally across the screen. Needless to say, they were scared poop less. They thought it was my grandfather just playing a cruel prank on them. So they barged out of the room and headed straight to the front of the house. They found my grandmother and demanded to know where my grandfather was. She said that he was in the bathroom but the two of them didn't believe her. So they marched to the bathroom, opened the door and when they did my grandfather was sitting there on the toilet in the middle of doing his business. The window in the bathroom was similar to that of the room that the two had been in So, in all honesty, he wouldn't have had time to climb out of the window, climb back up, and get back on the toilet. My grandparents both thought the two of them were just freaking out about nothing at the time. Grandma said she remembered the pair being horrified, though. So, they went out the next morning, and what do you know? There were scratches on the outside wall of the house, and the window screen was torn up. I'm 17 now. My mom is 46, so this was a long time ago when this happened. Even though it's been such a long time, whenever mom tells the story, she gets scared and terrified, talking about what she saw. So, there's almost no refuting what she saw and the things she described. My wife and I had fallen on hard tides and were living with her mom and her husband. On Cowell RD, I grew up just about two miles from there. I always loved going into the woods and still do today. The Cohotel National Forest was my playground growing up. It was not unheard of for me to disappear for a few days in the woods. On the day in question, my wife, her mother, and I went shopping and were coming home on HWY 2e. We were in my dad's F 150 with a brush guard on the front. It was very dark and foggy that night with Jack's River on our left. About ten yards off the road, we were about two hundred fifty yards from Colwell, and there was a very sharp curve to the right. When I took that curve, there was something in the road. It was on all force. I had no choice but to hit it when we connected the truck went completely over it. We felt the goat tank over the animal. I stopped to make sure the animal was then I did not want it to suffer and to check the truck. The truck was okay but when I looked at the cherisher it was strange. So I got back in the truck and turned it around so I would have the headlights to see from. This was the drainiest thing I ever seen it was black but not a regular black it was like it absorbed the light, like no light going past it. And I still couldn't make out the animal. What I was about to make out by feel it was the size of a young bear maybe 200-250 pounds was clearly dead the head was twisted back I believe that the tear went over its neck and broke the neck and the eyes were blue but glassily the way eyes turn when something is dead. It had long curved claws, the teeth were all curved back and noodle sharp. I did not want to freak out the girls so we went home about two miles from there. The next morning I grabbed my 3030 and my 357 to go and take a look. It was gone. I mean nothing there no blood no fur but there was the impression in the grass where it was last night and it looked like something big came along a car eyed it off into the woods I could see where something walked into the woods so I went back to the truck and got my trekking bag it just had a tarp, wool blanket, two quarts of water and a little bit of food just enough stuff to make a night or two in the woods just a camping trip and not a survival situation and I headed into the woods to track whatever this thing was I never saw a clear track just sign, a broken stick here, leaves turned over, rocks that were disturbed from their bed and that kind of stuff. I tracked it about 2 miles to a field about half a football field in size, right to the middle of that field and all since despaired. I went all over that field and around its perimeter and there was no sign of it coming out of the field, just going in. That stumped me, so I gave up and started back to the truck. But when I got to the edge of the field I got a very bad feeling in my gut. I can't explain it any other way, it was so bad that it almost doubled me over. After a short while of collecting myself, I tried to head back to the truck again but it was the same thing, I know about where I was in comparison to the roads in the area. So I headed in the opacity direction toward a friend's house about 5 miles away. I finally got out of the woods just before dark. I told my friend about what happened and he told me to never go to that field again that it was supposed to be cursed ground a place of wishes and dark magic, and that people have gone missing after going to that field. I don't know what I saw that night and I don't know if the legend of the field is true, but I do believe that there is something strange in the woods. The woods are a part of me and I can never stay out of the woods and I am not afraid of anything in the woods. I would just want to be careful around one of these things like I would around a bear. This took place three weeks ago while driving home from an event with my fiance. It was already dark out and was raining when we hit the road this night. I, myself, was driving and my fiance was in the passenger seat. We had been driving about 15 minutes. At most, when we got to a part of the road where I had noticed a rather large figure in the opposite lane of the two-way road we were on. It seemed to be on all four seconds and was grayish in color. It was very quick which was startling, given the conditions. I asked my fiance if she had seen it. She said yes, but seemed spooked about it. I wanted to stop, but couldn't, because there was another car, about 100 feet behind us. I also didn't look back, because I wanted to stay focused, on the road, because of the poor conditions and the fact that we were in an area we had never been in until that night. I truly don't think it was a cow, from what I saw, even with the fleeting glimpse I had of it. Its hair was more canine-like than anything, I would have to conclude that it was a dogman or a bigfoot. I definitely wish I would have been able to get a longer look at it, during the daytime. It was within feet of my door, but because it happened so quickly and the fact I kept my focus on the road, instead of turning to look at it, I didn't see it clearly. I saw a dogman walking along the Greenbelt in Boise, Idaho, and to be more specific, the area would be Garden City. The actual location on the Greenbelt would be the area of the Greenbelt that is just on the other side of Veterans Parkway Bridge. For those not familiar with the area, the Boise River flows through downtown Boys and Garden City. The green belt is a walking, biking pathway that is paved that goes right next to the river. It was 3.15 am in February 2008 and I was scraping the ice off of my car window. I had to be at work at 4 am. I realized that it was eerily quiet. I looked up and I saw it walking along the green belt going towards the Veterans Parkway bridge. The bridge goes over the boys river and a green greenbelt pathway goes under the bridge. It was tall, I would guess over seven feet. It turned its head and looked at me. It had green neon colored glowing eyes. I said out loud, oh, my God. It turned its head back and continued walking along the greenbelt. It was walking slowly, I was frozen with fear and didn't move until I saw it vanish behind the building that is next to the Veterans Parkway bridge. I assumed that it continued along the green belt under the bridge. It had dark brown fur all over its body, pointed ears, long snout, weird legs, a tail. I got a pretty good look at it. That section of the green belt is at the end of a dead end street and has a couple of business there with parking lots that are all lit up with street lights. I only saw it that one time. I wasn't there, but my son, son-in-law, and their friend saw a dogman. My son called me all freaked out that they had seen a Bigfoot because he knows I believe in Bigfoots. Now, my son always made fun of me for believing in Bigfoots. He asked me, Dad, and Bigfoots ran on all fours. I said, yes, why do you ask? And he said, Dad, we just saw one while out spotlighting rabbits. I asked him to describe what it looked like and he said they were hunting rabbits with a spotlight and he saw something hunched over. He said he then yelled to the others and let them know that he had seen something and then started to shine his light on it. At first, he thought it was a large bird because it was down like it was eating something. Then, it stood up on its hind legs and spread its arms out wide and when other two came to look at it, it dropped down and took off faster than anything they had ever seen before. He said it had a dog snout and was covered in fur, but you could see it was very muscular. My son is 6 feet 2 and he felt it stood as tall or taller than him. When it took off, they ran after it and watched it jump and clear a huge rock pile in one leap. Like nothing. That scared them and they all ran back to their car to get out of there. I spoke to all three and they all had the same story and described it the same way. I told my son that's not a Bigfoot because Bigfoots don't have dog snouts. I told him you saw a dogman. It's funny that this happened around a lot of cornfields. The area also had caves and was covered in sagebrush.